Welcome to episode 160 of The Space In Between. Oh my gosh, we're here, 160. That's wild. So I'm your host, Phoebe Leona. And in just a few minutes, we're going to sit with Stephanie James, who just recently she was on this podcast, but it was a replay from our Embodied Summit. And I felt like, you know, I really want to bring her back on because that was recorded earlier this year in 2023. And I felt like I really want to bring her back on and talk a bit more about this upcoming experience that she and I are co-creating together in Sayulita, Mexico. So we sit with Stephanie James, who is a psychotherapist. She's a transformational coach. She's a filmmaker. She is a podcast host and an author and so much more. But those are some of her titles that she carries. And she is one of my dear sisters. I have just met her this past year and we haven't met in person yet, but we are going to be in person with each other and with a very special group in Sayulita, Mexico in February of 2024. And we talked today on this podcast about what is sisterhood? Um, what are some beautiful gifts in, in that relationship of sisterhood? What are some challenges? We also look at, you know, our own personal transformational experiences through the various practices and attending transformational treats throughout our lives. We dive deep into, you know, what it means to be able to be a space holder and hold that space for others as we're calling that in and so much more in between. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy this time with Stephanie. I I really love to be able to share these very, very special leaders with you because I really do feel that when we are in these spaces of in between and these different transitions in our lives, when we have a lot of big question marks of what is to be next for us, you know, in the coming year or the coming chapters of our lives, to have some inspiration, to have these leaders who've been there in those spaces in between. I certainly have been there in the space in between, and I definitely love to share my stories and the challenges that I've been through, the failures that I've had to overcome, and really shine a light on other beautiful embodied leaders who do the same with such grace. I know it wasn't easy for them, but they do it with such grace and are so inspiring. So Stephanie is just one of these many, many leaders, and I really hope you enjoy being with her. And if you do, I highly encourage you to check out her podcast, Igniting the Spark. There is a there is a link in our show notes. And if you like our podcast, this episode, please share it. Share it with somebody that you know, a sister out there who could use it. Uh, please share it. Please review it. Please give us some stars or wherever you're listening to it. We greatly, greatly appreciate you. And it really does help us get this word out beyond beyond your your ears. Right. So if they landed somewhere in your ears, please help us share it to somebody else's ears. Okay, so let's go ahead and sit 
with Stephanie. Enjoy. And here we are. One of my sisters, Stephanie James. Welcome back. Oh, it's so good to be here with you, Phoebe, as always. I love being in your presence. And I love being in your presence. And this is actually your, well, this is your first official Space in Between podcast. You came on as an embodied leader in our summit earlier this year, and we we shared you with our podcast, that interview, but this is actually our first time officially in the Space in Between. So welcome to the Space in Between. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, we've had so many beautiful conversations between the two of us. So I love to just dive into it, but I think it would be, it would be beneficial for people listening um, to know a little bit about you and where you are in the world and what you're doing and, and then we'll get into the good stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, as you know, Phoebe, I'm, I'm a psychotherapist. I always say I'm a psychotherapist by day. And then I have lots of other hats as a transformation coach and an author and a filmmaker and a presenter. So I keep myself really, really busy and feel like my, my biggest purpose, I guess I would say, is to really continue to be as clear of a conduit as possible in all those mediums to bring as much love and healing to the world as possible. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's kind of my essential thread through um, all those different platforms and sharing that message of your period healing period matters, period. Mm-hmm. As each one of us are these really essential contributors in this fabric of humanity. You know, and I say each one of us are our golden threads in the fabric of humanity. Each one of us and our healing are so essential because then we, each one of us, become that clear conduit so mm. that more joy, love, healing comes through to the world. Mm. I just got chills when you said that. And, and when you're speaking of it, I'm just seeing all of these golden threads intertwine and create this beautiful tapestry. And I feel like every time you and I sit down together, we're, we're threading all of those together and creating more and more of this beautiful tapestry together. And it's such a joy. And I'm, we're going to definitely go and talk about how you and I are doing this in person later on. But, you know, when I was sitting here thinking about what am I going to talk to Stephanie about? I was really curious to, to hear a little bit about your, your um, relationship to sisterhood. Like, are you a sister? First of all, like, do you have biological sisters and what also is, what does sisterhood mean to you? Because we're going to talk and dance around this this all day, all t- day today. <laughs> okay, this, this is great. I, and what a great question. And I have a really unique answer for you. Yeah. Um, because I am a sister, but not by biology. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister originally was actually born my cousin. Mm. And so, and, and unfortunately through tragedy, um, her biological father was trampled by a horse when she oh, was wow. eight. And then my aunt Gwen, her mother, passed away from breast cancer oh my when God. my cousin Colin was 16. And then my parents became her legal guardians. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that was 30 years ago. And so for 30 years, she has been my sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we look alike. Um, and it's so that's great, even though we don't share blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, we have such a deep, um, just really a beautiful connection. And she's so creative and funny and into music. And so, and I have a brother as well, I have a biological brother. And so the three of us have just had this wonderful 30 years together. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful. I always wanted a sister growing up. You know, I always thought that'd be so cool. And, you know, for 30 years, I've got to have this younger sister and mm-hmm. weave her into my life and my heart. And so that's been such a special journey for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's interesting because I I also, in a sense, I was raised an only child, but I have half sisters on either side of my mom and my father's side of the family. And so I sort of had the the positive side on both worlds of being a only child and getting all of the attention, but then like you wanting to have a sibling. And then later on in my life, my, my half sister, my younger half sister came along and, and I almost feel like more of an aunt with her because the age difference is so, is so broad. We are 17 years apart. And so in a lot of ways I, I am like her aunt or we always joke. And in fact, at her wedding last year, she said, is this when you're going to tell me that I, you're my mom? <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, which is a lot of fun to play around with, but no, I'm not her mom. Um, (laughs) she's my sister, but yeah, but you know, I, I know that I've had, because I think there was something about not having siblings growing up, I've had some interesting relationships that, you know, could look like sisterhood and, you know, there was, there were some challenging relationships there. There was some beautiful loving relationships there. There was a heartbreak there. And I was curious to just learn a little bit more about you because you and I, we sat together less than a year ago. And I swear that first time you and I sat together, I was like, oh, she's my sister. And I was kind of thinking, wow, I wonder what that like on your side of that, what that looks like too, which we'll talk about later, but like, what is, what are, what are some of the, your sisterhood stories? Yeah. So thank you for asking that. Uh, I do feel so blessed Phoebe because before my aunt Gwen passed, I have this very female matriarchy family. So before my aunt passed, um, it was always my aunt Marsha, my aunt Gwen, my mom, mm-hmm. and then my female cousins, Lara and Colin and I, and then I had a daughter. Mm-hmm. So, and I was a single mom for five years and it was just kind of this beautiful sisterhood where at one point my aunt divorced. And so she and my cousin, Lara, my aunt Marsha, we all got a house together. I was a single mom. She was a single mom. And I'll never forget are we did this beautiful house blessing Mm. where all the women in the family came together and we Mm. blessed the house. And then we sat in a circle and we did singing and prayers. And I mean, it was just so beautiful. And so there was really this sense, and I was about 25 at the time. Mm. So this beautiful sense of female connection and true soul sisterhood. And I'm so, so thankful for my aunt Gwen, because she always brought 
I, you know, I would say the almost mystical, but definitely the spiritual element to our family gatherings. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine here we are in Thanksgiving and my grandfather at the time, I remember him being like 68 years old. And here's my aunt Gwen brings in the native American drum and she's drumming and we all have to, to kind of do this little dance in a circle, you know, but it was just so much fun and it added just such a depth to our mm-hmm. family and definitely to that sisterhood. So I wanted to share that piece with you. And also just like when you and I got on together, I mean, there was that instant heart connection and that instant sisterhood. I think that's one of the beautiful things about women that we can really do that with one another and really drop in in that way. And there's this beautiful resonance. And I feel like so many of my soul sisters, I mean, we are heart to heart connected. And there are a couple of them I have never met in real life, just like you and I. Yeah. Every time we have a conversation, we're lit up and we dive deep and we just have this amazingly rich relationship. So I think I think that's the one of the essential things about sisterhood is it's not just about the family we're born into or who we're related to by blood. It's how we're connected through our hearts. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. I feel I I have a similar situation in that there was very much this matriarchy in my family. You know, it was my, my mom and her two sisters. So I had the, my two aunts as well. And then I was the only child and then came along my, my sister and then my cousin. And we have, we have male cousins too, but the bond with the women is a lot stronger than what the men have in our family. And, but there was always I don't know. I feel always felt a little bit like an outsider because I didn't have the aunt that you had with the drums. <laughs> I was probably the one that wanted that so badly. <laughs> uh, but but there was such a beautiful bond there. You know, I having what I've recognized for myself is that when we're going through the challenges and they're there, you know, they're the first ones that are calling and in the car and making sure that, you know, you're safe and you're protected and you're, you're being taken care of my grandmother, my mother, my aunts, my sister have all been there for me in some of the most challenging times in my life. And I'm just so very grateful that I had that because, um, when you do go outside of your family, you know, and you have these connections like you and I did, you can, you can trust that, you know, when you feel that with somebody you don't actually know, and it feels like home, it's like, ah, okay, feel safe. I can definitely be vulnerable with this person and also share those challenges, but also these beautiful moments too, and celebrate each other and not feel threatened because I've actually, and I'm curious to know if you felt this in your, in other relationships with women feeling threatened because I had that a bit when I was growing up that, you know, as a dancer, there's a, there's always a little bit of the jealousy there and competition. And so it was hard for me to trust women outside of my family for a period of time. But now that I have grown and done a lot of healing there, I get to make my more on that frequency of people like you. And I attract that. And it's just such a gift now because I don't have to like go through all of those those challenges again. So yeah, did you have anything like that growing up or in your young adulthood? 
Yeah, not not so much growing up. I mean, of course, you know, there was the, you know, the most popular girl in school or something like that, maybe in, you know, high school that you'd say, oh, you know, I mean, I would say, you know, oh, I wish I was as pretty as her or some, you know, comparison. It wasn't, I, I didn't feel jealous, but I definitely felt that comparison and felt that less than. Mm-hmm. And I think when I uh, got out of graduate school, and I was running a cognitive behavioral therapy program mm-hmm. um, up in Cheyenne at the mental health center. And that's where I felt the competition with mm. other female therapists there. And there really began to be that sense of, wait a minute, we're not all on the same team. Yeah. I mean, I felt pretty naive um, and, and was really taken back a couple of times by the backbiting or you know some of the viciousness. And when I ended up after that job, I I ran that program for three years. Then I ended up at the school district and the school district, you know, is pretty well known, you know, schools can be where there's a lot of gossiping or there's that kind of stuff that goes on and a lot of female staff. And I'm not stereotyping. I want to be really clear here. And I think that that's something that you'll hear. Um, that, that that's something that's common. And I just started addressing it as the counselor of the school. When I found out, for example, there was a time where I had gone out on recess duty and I had forgotten my clipboard. Mm-hmm. And this happens to all of us. And I came back and found out that the secretary had been complaining about me to other people in the office for forgetting my clipboard. And so in a really non, you know, it was, it was very direct and it was, you know, I guess you could put quote unquote confrontational, but not aggressive at all. But I just said, Hey, I just want to talk to you about this mm-hmm. because, you know, this is something that I heard. And so I'd rather go right to the source. And I said, you know, we really are all on the same team mm-hmm. and we make mistakes. And if you feel that I've done something wrong and you have a feeling about it, or there's something you need to talk about, I would really invite you to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. because I really want to improve and we have enough people that come into the school that you know we had angry parents and you know we had all these different we were really a, a title one school with 73 percent poverty we were dealing with a difficult population at times mm-hmm. with a lot of domestic violence and drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. I said you know we're doing battle sometimes all day mm-hmm. be united together. Mm. And that was really a turning point. Like I saw just a huge difference in her mm. and really worked to continue to promote that among mm. the staff. Wow. That that's beautiful. And I, I love how you addressed it in a very neutral way. You address that non, like you said, non-confrontational, but then to really bring her into that we're in this together. And because I think that a lot of times that's where it comes from is that we see this other person as a threat. And so we create that isolation from that person, but we're also creating that isolation from ourselves by speaking negatively. And you actually brought her into the circle by, by saying that. Yeah. That's powerful. That's really powerful. 
I, I had a situation, but I was much younger. I was in middle school and I, I was the captain of palms, which is like the dance of, you can imagine I'm a dancer. I was in the dance squad. And so I had a co-captain and she became threatened by my enthusiasm. And I was like you a bit naive that why would anybody care? Like we're all in this together. You know, I just love choreographing and I love taking charge. I love being a leader. And she felt a little bit threatened, but instead of addressing that to me, she spoke to somebody else outside of even our, our squad and actually had her threaten me to beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> it was very strange. But I, you know, I spoke to that person and I said, listen, you don't know all of the details. And, and then I went directly to that other person who had, you know, put the, the mean girl on me <laughs> with the, the fists. And I just said the same, very similar, you know, without, without getting nasty, just being very much like, Hey, we're all in this together. I'm just really excited about being in this community and I love to take charge, but you can also take charge. Let's take charge together. And I'm not sure at that time and space if she was super receptive to it, but I felt like you, like I, I felt like, okay, let's go with this head on because it just creates more and more toxicity if we participate in that. And yeah, I just, I think wherever time and space you are, it's important to, to bring that person into then those people into the circle, into the sisterhood because it just continues to perpetuate in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you handled that beautifully, Phoebe, oh, and yes. and that you do. That I think that is how we resolve conflict, is that we go to the source, yeah. and we talk about inclusion, yeah. and you know, how do we create a win-win? And again, you know, we have to also detach from the outcome that we can't control another person's yeah. reaction or response and yet what we're doing is we're extending this place where we can really come together and communicate in a deeper way and move towards connection it's like it's like a totally different message right when the it's like i'm not having this conversation to say who's right or wrong mm -hmm. instead i'm having this conversation with the goal and purpose of connection and understanding mm -hmm. and i think that's how we create that win win Mm. And that feeling like, okay, we're in this together. Let's, let's problem solve this together. Yes. Oh, so this is so funny. I love when thing synchronicity happens because today in my, my community, we're, we're going through a book called becoming a hollow bone and uh, it's talking about the native system. So mostly, you know, first nation or native Americans and, and their way of seeing the world and bringing that to our Western mind of way of thinking. And so today we were talking about the process number nine, which is co-creation. And it, it the very much almost word for word, what you just said, it's like, we can't control other people and how they're going to perceive, but it's about bringing them into the circle and, and coming into that co-creative space. And that's why I felt so called to be with you because as soon as you and I sat down, I felt like, oh, we're not just collaborating on the, uh, the summit that we were doing, the embodied leadership summit, but there's going to be so much more here for us. And every time we do sit together, I feel like we're creating a wider circle and it's just so, so special and so powerful. And the one last thing that I want to share about the, what we were reading today was 
there was this beautiful story about her and her grandmother and her grandmother was saying, you know, to treasure the toys because she said this to her when she was a child, treasure these toys because they are not just for you in this moment as a child, but for your future generations, because they were also her grandmother's toys and they've been passed down generation to generation. And I feel like what you and I are going to be doing in Mexico in February is having more of an intangible moment, right? Having this circle with other women. And it's about honoring each other and having this reverence for each other. But it's not just in that time and space, but it is hopefully this ripple effect that whatever there are, if there were sister wounds coming in, that we can really see and honor each other and then have us take that home with us and, and widen our circle of sisterhood. That's my hope. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So beautiful. And that's, I think that's really it too. I love what you're talking about. And I know because you and I've had these conversations before that one of the essential pieces of retreat is what happens after the retreat and how important it is that you and I have, have spoken about this, that, that there are things that can truly be integrated that are taken home, they're embodied, and then they're lived with that circle of connection that remains there. That's like this supportive, I, I think of it almost like the safety net, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that remains. Yeah. Oh, so can we, ex- can we explore a little bit more about this idea of retreats? And I'm curious to know, um, because we're going to be leading a retreat, but have you ever participated as a student in a retreat and where and when, what did that look like? Yes. Yes. I love it. I, gosh, you know, I'm one of those people, I feel super blessed that at 19, um, is when I started doing retreats and going to workshops, I literally, owe this <laughs> to my mother had a horticulturist. My mother owned a florist shop for 33 years. And so the woman who ran the greenhouse was a horticulturist and uh, Carol Ostrom. And she was the first person who introduced me to bigger thought. Kind of at the time it was Leonard Orr and Transfiguration and Sandra Ray and Rebirthing. And I, she just opened up this whole new world to me of consciousness and thought. And so I feel really blessed that at an early age, I started going to some of these women's retreats. And one that sticks out for me was run by this woman, Grace Marie, who did these beautiful universal dances of mm-hmm. peace. And it was up in Buena Vista, Colorado. And I had invited my really dear friend, Mary, to come with me. And it was so powerful because they had natural hot springs there. Oh, yes. So it was like during the day, we would chant and sing and write in our journals and and just had this beautiful experience. I mean, talk about people's ability to go deep in those retreats. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you know, it's just like, okay, the outside world disappears and here's this wonderful container that the the magic and the alchemy happens in. And then after we do that, we'd all go and sit, you know, in these gorgeous, as the stars are coming out, you know, Mm. these gorgeously lit from underneath um, natural hot springs. And so it was just, it was so empowering. And 
it took my relationship, you know, with my dear friend, Mary, to an even deeper level. And yet I also felt just my heart would just burst open and just being connected to all the women there. I mean, it was, yeah. And and there was probably, I would say 18 to 20 of us there was a pretty big retreat. Yeah. Um, And as you know, Phoebe, there's something that's just really magical and, and, and truly incredible about getting away from the busyness of our lives and really committing to like, I'm going to do, I'm going to take a step on my soul's journey. Like I'm really going to allow myself to dive in and be really present for what's there. And then like this magic unfolds. I mean, just, and that's how we go through, I think, deeper levels of healing and transformation. And I can remember driving home and, you know, it's through all these mountains Mm -hmm. and, and I, I wish I, I never say her name right. It's like, I'm not going to say her name right again, like Prima Deval, but that's probably not how you say her name. Okay. But anyway, some lovely spiritual singer, I had her CD that um, I'd gotten up there. I know who you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. And so all the way down the canyon, I'm just like, oh, like just carrying this gorgeous retreat with me in my heart. And so- And at that time, I would say I was probably 28 for that retreat Um, and then continued. It's just felt really important to me. I felt like from, you know, 28 on, I started forming my own little, even though they weren't retreats, women's circles Mm -hmm. And, and just being in that community and then finding retreats that we could go to throughout that time became just yeah, they, they've been some of the most incredible, transformative, uh, truly life-altering events, you know, mm-hmm. sacred events of my life. How about mm-hmm. you? Well, when you were speaking of yours, I was just having all these little flashes of moments of, of past retreats that I was participating in as well. And my first one, it was actually a dance, a dance retreat, more or less. I was, I was a dancer. Um And so I had this opportunity to go to Italy for three weeks and it was essentially a retreat where we were, we were rehearsing every day and taking classes, Mm -hmm. but we were also traveling Italy and different parts of Italy. And, and it was a very spiritual experience. And when you were speaking, I was remembering being underneath the stars and we were watching, there were meteor showers one night. And there were with the, it was a bigger group too, was probably about 18 or 20 women. Um, Yeah, there were no men. It didn't happen. It was just happened to be like that. They were all female dancers, Mm -hmm. but there were a handful of them that this was 20, Mm -hmm. 23 years ago or 22 years ago. And I still have connection with a handful of these women. And I was just seeing them when you were speaking of us laying underneath the stars and talking about our dreams and and being able to have witnessed them so many years later, yes, maybe it was just on social media, or maybe it's a quick message here and there through, you know, maybe it is seeing each other once in a blue moon in person, um, because we've all moved on and had families and traveled in different places, locations, but it was just such a gift. And I thought, oh gosh, who knew back then when I was sitting there <laughs> that we were going to have this, this connection that golden thread that you spoke about before. 
And, and I love too, what you were speaking of is you ended up dancing and dance has just been such a part of my life. And I know that there's going to be dancing in ours. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I just bring it. Yes, please. <laughs> whether, whether you want it or not, we're bringing it. <laughs> and and then I was also remembering this time that I had just graduated from my teacher, my yoga teacher training, and a couple of graduates and I, we decided to go to Kripalu, which is a retreat center in the Berkshires. And it was just so much fun because it was during the day, there was so much very deep work where we were in meditation for most of the, most of the day. And then we were in lecture. Um, but then at night, you know, we shared a room together and we just laughed and we cried and it was like, we were the ones getting in trouble <laughs> because it was, you know, an, more or less an ashram, right? You're, you're supposed to have lights out and quiet hours, but we were just so excited because we got to know another piece of ourselves in that experience. And we wanted to share, you know, our fun stories too, not just the meditate, meditative, contemplative stories, but so it was a, it was a really special experience. And, and like you, I started to transition to holding spaces as a yoga teacher. And then I shifted into really retreats about 10 years ago. And it's, it's such a joy to one, I'm going through the transition transformation just as much as the participants, because what I was doing was a lot of healing too. I had just had a really traumatic year when I first started to hold the retreats with my father dying and my re my divorce. And I just, I go in and this is what a lot of us women do is we go into give mode, right? Like when we're dealing with tragedy, it's like, oh, well, let me give back, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit of a distraction, but I also received the healing that I needed. Those first retreats, my family was coming on, my mom, my grandmother, they were also coming and participating. And so they had a little level of healing on their own. And then we had one collectively. Um, and then just to be able to hold that space for the participants. And, you know, I have one in particular, she has been on, I think, four or five retreats. And she was one of my very first retreat participants. And now this April, she's going to be hosting her first retreat and I get to support her. And that is just such a gift because I've gotten to witness her as a student into stepping in as a yoga teacher. Now she's becoming a leader. And that just warms my heart to be able to see the shifts that have happened. Like we talked about at the beginning of this, of the after, right? It's not just what happens in those containers, but the ripple effect that happens in their lives after and to be able to witness that and, and support that. So, yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. Yes. Yeah. How yeah. exciting for you. You know, and I, I love Phoebe because part of what you do is you are the container that helps guide people, retreat leaders into how to really be an effective, wonderful retreat leader. I mean, mm -hmm. and so what a cool legacy. I love mm -hmm. what, what a special, special gift that you're bringing to these women. Thank you. Yeah. And you, you, my dear, you are a special gift. I, I just cannot wait because I know you talk about it and you are just, you light up whenever you talk about these women's circles. And I got to witness a little bit of it in your movie. 
um, of how you hold space for other leaders, which is really a powerful experience to, to be able to witness you. But now I get to do it with you and co-create with you. And yeah, I would just, you know, these last little bit of time we have together, I would love to know what, um, what are your hopes and dreams for yourself and for the two of us and for our group um, within that container and then beyond it? Wow. That's such a big question. I know um, it is. Sorry. But I love it. No, <laughs> I go I big. Love it. I love it. You know, part of right now, part of what I'm dreaming right now, um, Anna Dara, who owns Film Nest Studio, uh, she and I collaborated and filmed, as you know, a year ago in June, my women's retreat called Becoming Fierce. And mm -hmm. So it, it was filmed as a six-part series that we are starting to work on now. And so as we just met this morning and we just, when we meet together too, I mean, Anna was also one of those people who I dropped in with and we had this amazing conversation. And I said, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to Santa Fe this weekend. I had no idea where she lived. I was going to visit other friends of mine. And she said, well, I live in Santa Fe. Let's meet for a cup of coffee. Yes. And so it was like, you know, so we've had this beautiful, beautiful sisterhood and relationship. And long story short, you know, that, that seeing this new series now come to fruition, where it was 20 women and six international thought leaders together for three days of powerful transformation and where the audience gets to be like a fly on the wall and hear the conversations between the thought leaders. And then, you know, so they get to go behind the scenes and then they also get to see again, as in my first film, that alchemy that's created when the, the presenters are having their own experience, you know, very much like how I imagine you and I, I mean, we've already, we're already there, you know? Yeah. Um, and so seeing that now, I'm feeling the breath of it as you know, we begin to start fleshing it out and get ready to, to really create. And uh, what do I want to say? Almost like mechanic, I would say those six, those six sessions. And so anyway, that's, I mean, my dream is watching that not only come to, you know, the, a network um, we, we have two potential networks for it already in humanities team um, humanity stream and um, the more you network on Plex where my first film is still playing. So watching, um, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, Phoebe, is the exciting thing is not only will it be a film, but we're also going to do it as like a six part live series that for six weeks, people would watch an episode. And then one of the presenters will be there for questions and answers. Amazing. Um, and so it's just, I'm just so excited at the potential of that. I'm so excited at the concentric circles of healing that will radiate out from that and the purpose of that to truly empower women, being fierce, not being aggressive, but being fierce truly to ignite our passion, our purpose, and to live our most authentic life in full expression. Yeah. So that is like the, the, the big juice that's really present right now. Um, I am so excited for our retreat together because I love this more intimate model where we're looking at there being eight to 10 of us together. Mm -hmm. 
and really creating this unique, really individually, you know, tailored program so that people are really able to dive deep and get just the fullness of what happens in a small group like that. There's connection and there's experience. I mean, some of the things we're doing, I'm so excited to be on the beach and do the sound healing and singing bowls as the sun sets and cacao ceremony and dancing with you and meditating and singing and yoga and amazing processes to do exactly what I feel like you and I are all about. And that's healing and transformation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's my heart's mission. I, I, I feel it's your heart's mission. And that's why co-creating this together is, is such a beautiful happening. And I am so excited. The women that are already going are like so thrilled and it's so fun. Cause I have some of them in my once a month, uh, the divine inside women's circle that I do here in Fort Collins. And so it's so fun to see there's two people that are coming already on the retreat that are there and they're just like, (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. How about you, Phoebe? Well, I have a question, a follow-up question first, because when is, when can we find out more about when your movie is launching? Yeah. So, um, you can, people can always go to my website, which is stephaniejames.world. So just the word stephaniejames.world. And so, and if you go to events, it will be telling you when things are released right now, you could just, there's a link there and a trailer to the film that's playing already when sparks ignite. And so as soon as becoming fierce is up and running, they'll definitely be announcements there or on my Facebook or Instagram. That's definitely places people could go to find out. I'm excited to, to watch that. And I think that it would be wonderful to have that, like be the trailer to ours (laughs) to a certain extent, right? Like, okay. And if you want the real deal, come join us. So I'm, I'm just planting the seed now before that launches, because then our spots are going to fill up because I have a feeling people are going to watch your becoming fierce and say, where can I do this? So I'm just telling everybody who's listening now, you might as well just reserve your spot because it probably won't be there by the time that movie comes out. Um, for me, I feel I'm really curious to see how we come together because I think that you and I have a really beautiful balance of the the structure and the form and really valuing how to hold space with this really creating a really safe container. But we also are very, we're both very fluid and go with the flow and very lighthearted beings. And I think that it's going to be a really lovely combination of that feminine and masculine energy that we both, we both can do. Sometimes when I go into partnership with people, one has a more dominant than the other and, and we complement each other so well, but I think we're going to complement each other in, in an even more powerful way because we both have such a beautiful balance and, and what, whoever enters into this space will feel so held and seen by each of us. And, and that will allow them to go deeper, right? There, 
when you feel safe, I, I, my new mantra right now is safe is sexy. Safe is the new sexy. I love it. (laughs) I've been saying that. Yeah. With my, my, my partner, because he creates so much safety for me and like, Oh, I feel so relaxed because there's something really special when you feel, you know, a lot of times when we go into these circles in these sisterhood circles, and we're going alone, right? We're coming in. We're like, maybe they know you, maybe they know me, but they don't know anybody else. Or maybe they just blindly saw the retreat and they signed up because they saw something that says, okay, I need to go there. I need to be in Sayulita or I, I need to heal my sister wound or whatever it might be. And they have no idea. And so there might be some bit of resistance or reservation or a little bit of fear, but because you and I, I know in my heart that you, we both hold these really powerful safe spaces, such as such an intimate group, we will not, they won't be able to, to not feel safe and go deep and end up having to, you know, those laughters of in tears and, and, and just be able to be that ripple effect when they go home. And that's what we started with this conversation was it's not just what happens in that, in that you know, short period of time. I think it's six days. I can't remember five days. I don't five remember. Days, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is going to be that ripple effect that goes, they're going to take that home with them. And whether that is that they just feel more alive in their own heart and soul and they can shine, or they say, how can I do this within my own community and create their own circle of women or, or bring more into your circle if they're already part of your circle and bring more the next time and, and, and so on in my groups as well. So that's what I'm really excited for is not just the time that we're going to share, but what's going to be happening after. So exciting. Yeah. yeah I love that. I love that it isn't just like a drop in the bucket experience. Yeah. It's actually like a drop in the ocean yes. and it just continues to expand and expand. And so yeah. that's, that's the beauty of it, that it really does start coloring people's lives. And one of the things too, I wanted to make sure to say is that one of the cool things about these retreats as well, is I think, and I think you and I have spoken about this, is it's really an opportunity to purge what doesn't serve us. You know, again, getting away from the busyness of our lives and being able to just be in your heart, mind, body, and soul in a different way. Yeah. And say like, you know, be able to look and say, okay, there are certain thoughts or beliefs or behaviors or relationships that aren't serving me. And I'm really, this is such a cool opportunity to say, how do I really hold on to my voice? How do I hold on to myself? How do I befriend myself and show up in the world once again as the most authentic version, being true to who I am, the essence, that spark yeah. of who I am in the world? Yeah. And I think what I want to just continue with that thought is there will be tools so people don't just go home and go, oh gosh, I forgot my voice, right? Or I forgot, I want to keep that. We will give them tools to integrate into afterwards too, right? Because I've noticed a couple of things. It's different than a vacation, right? If anybody is listening and they're like, oh, I've never been on a retreat. It's different than a vacation where you just sort of check out, right? And you unplug from the world, you do that to a certain extent, but there is this very deep inner journey. And I know that it takes a little bit of time to reset the nervous system, 
right? To, to just be able to turn, turn things off, right. And plug from the world and give yourself that permission to give yourself that me time in a different way than what it is on a vacation when you're just kind of sitting on, on the beach. And then there's also that integration of going home and going, wait, I want to keep this. How can I keep this? Right. And I know that we will give them these practices and tools to integrate on that side as well. So there's the before we get there and in the right as they enter into that space where they'll feel held and safe and help regulate their nervous system to receive that more rest and digest the parasympathetic nervous system, right? To relax and say, oh, okay, I'm here now. And then continue that as they enter back into their home. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what is so powerful about really giving them those tools and having those practices. It's like you already established them at the retreat. Yeah. And then it is, it makes it so much easier because it's like, oh, I've been practicing this, even if it's just for four or five mornings. Yeah. Now this becomes a part of who I am. And I feel like because I've experienced this, I can embody this. Yeah. And take it with me. And so I know that's that's such an essential piece to you and I is giving the women things that they truly integrate, assimilate, and take back with them as part of now who they are into yeah. their lives. Yeah. Keep their spark ignited. Love it. So <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you feel like we haven't talked about in terms of our experience together or anything else that you want to share? You know, the only thing, Phoebe, that that I would want to share is just how absolutely gorgeous and beautiful Solulita is. If oh we're my God, yeah, we haven't even talked about where yeah, it is. <laughs> if we're just focusing on this uh, particular retreat just for a moment at the very end, yeah. is that this retreat we're doing together in February, you know, at Solulita, Mexico, where my husband and I went last year on our honeymoon and... I just fell in love with this place because the energy and the vibration of the people, I mean, it's palpable. It's, it's like walking into this community where you're just like, you're already held. It already feels, there's just so loving and kind. And we're going to be 500 feet from the beach where we're staying and just this gorgeous beach. And it's a little slice of paradise. And so just being able to be in that location, you know how this is, Phoebe. It's like certain places, just they have heart and soul and you feel it the moment you're there. And that's how Sayulita was for me. And I was like, I am doing my next women's retreat there because it's so beautiful and so amazing. So I'm so excited to have this experience with women at that location. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you got back from your honeymoon and you were beaming. I mean, of course, because you're in love and you just got married, but you were gushing about this, this place that we're, we're going to in Sayulita. So I'm, I'm excited because I haven't been specifically there, but as I shared with you before, I was in a neighboring area that was just as special. Um, but I, yeah, I feel I already feel held by this location and I haven't like I'm tap every time I tap into the, this retreat of ours, I can feel, I can feel the beach. I can feel, uh, just the sand under my feet and the, the air through my hair. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Love it. Love be it. there. Let's be there right now. Oh my gosh. And what a perfect time. 
at least for we Coloradoans, where it's cold here and we're going to be there in the middle of February where it's yes. just beautiful and balmy and yes. what a great, great respite um, it is. and rejuvenation. I just, I'm so thrilled to be doing this with you. Me too. I know. I That is the dead of winter. February, February 18th, we begin through the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty much when I am like on the East coast going, okay, do I, okay. I'm pasty white. I haven't seen the sun in so many days. Okay. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just put the covers over our head. So I'm very excited for the timing as well as the location and the company that I'm in with you and with our beautiful group that's coming together. So Yes. Thank you for asking me. And I'm grateful that I said yes, because there's going to be a lot of magic that unfolds for us in our group. And we will have the link here in our show notes. Uh, And again, it's February 18th through the 23rd in 2024. It's igniting your spark. If we did not already say that enough, we're igniting our spark. It's a women's sisterhood retreat. And any other tiny details that I need to remember? No, we're good. I think you've got it. You've got yeah. it. And we'll also have a link to your website, Stephanie, so that people can follow you and also on your social media, as well as when that movie comes out, because we're going to drop this episode very soon. And I know that it's coming out in within a month, I think, right? The Becoming Fierce? Yeah, Becoming Fierce. No, actually, we're we're still working on the pilot. Oh, okay. Sorry, Phoebe. That's okay. Why you a little bit? Why I'm just so excited that? for it. Okay. Well, they can go watch Igniting, Ignite Your Sparks. When Sparks, when yeah. sparks the Ignite. Sparks Ignite, sorry. You when Sparks Ignite. That, yeah, they can see that right now for free on Plex Network on the More okay. You channel. Or on Humanities, uh, on Humanity Stream Plus which is the new, actually, I must say, if you want to see the film, I love Plex Network. And if you want to see it without commercials, Humanities Stream. So you would go to Humanity, excuse me, humanitiesteam.org. Okay. And the film will be there. And I'm, I'm going to have something up on my website really soon so that okay, people good. can just click a link and, and go right there. Okay, perfect. But I think that they should sign up for your newsletter too, so that they get that notification when Becoming Fierce comes out because I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yeah. So on my website, there's a free gift there, right? When people get on, uh, which is this three C's to start your morning. And so if people just click there, I will get your email address and I will send you all the wonderful information in my newsletters. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, Stephanie, I love you. Thank you for being such a beautiful sister. And I can't wait to give you a hug in February for Me real life. Too. I know. I know. I love you too. And I'm just sending you the biggest hug right now. And so thankful to be here with you and so excited to be with you in February. Mm, and I feel like it's a group hug. So everybody listening, they're part of this hug that we're giving. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Phoebe. I hope you enjoyed our time with Stephanie James. And if you are like me and just want to hang out with this beautiful, beautiful sister, come join us in Sayulita, Mexico, as we ignite our spark 
February 18th through the 23rd. We still have just a few spots open as I record this now on December 20th. And I have a feeling once this podcast gets out there, those last spots are going to go very fast. So be one of those spots. We would love to have you join us and be in circle with fellow sisters and celebrate you in 2024. And if you're not able to make make it, Please continue to be here, check in with us every week, and you can also check out other upcoming retreats that are happening at thenomadcollective.org, but I definitely think you do not want to miss out on this retreat with Stephanie James and myself, so I hope to see you there and have a very beautiful day.